0: How much peace is there in this world? If you look in places like uh, Ukraine, Syria, much of the East, border areas between areas like India and Pakistan. How about between communist China and Taiwan? This is no peace, is there? In fact, what you find is unrest, distrust, if not all-out war in these places. People have been trying to bring countries and peoples to peace like this. They've been trying for years, for decades. In the case of the Middle East, they've been trying for a millennia to bring peace there. Still, there's no peace. How do you bring peace to troubled people like this? Well, our own country has tried different things. We've tried uh, supporting rebel groups like in uh, Libya or in Syria. We've tried supporting a, a sitting government like in the case of South Vietnam. We've tried out invasion like in the case of uh <clears throat> Afghanistan, or Iraq. Their peace? Still, no peace. Now, we as Christians know the real problem here, don't we? The real problem is sin. Sin separates. It divides. It makes people not at peace. And that starts with sin against god breaking god's laws that destroys peace with god not because you know we're supposed to obey god's laws that he arbitrarily made but they they were perfect laws they are perfect laws made to help us in living with other people in peace and harmony but when we break his laws then we destroy that peace and harmony both with god And with other people. Uh, And this brings feelings of guilt, feelings of unrest, feelings of tension, fear in hearts because of this lack of peace comes out in our lives. In the same way as sin separates us from God, it separates people from people. When you do something wrong or cause harm to someone, what happens? There's no peace. There's a wedge driven. Not at peace. Leads to feelings of hatred, desire for revenge, fear, all these things. So to remove these feelings and this lack of peace, That sin that causes it has to be taken care of, has to be removed, has to be atoned for. And that's exactly what Jesus came into this world to do. He came into this world, he became a human being like us, so that he could have, God could put our sins, put the sins of the whole world on him, and he could go to the cross, suffer greatly, including the abandonment of his own heavenly father, and die. And in that way, make atonement for the sins of the world. The death that should have fallen on all of us fell on Jesus. The barrier then between God and the human race has been removed. And God has declared his peace. So I'm at peace with you. He's reconciled himself to us. Uh, And the more we can learn to believe that that is true the more we can have peace in our own hearts. The more we can be relaxed and comfortable, uh, the more we can then reflect that peace to other people by forgiving them, those that hurt us, as God has forgiven us. But many in this world still do not know this peace. Many have heard it, but they do not believe it. They continue in their lives as God's enemies, living fearful and, and hateful lives toward other people because of this lack of peace, not receiving God's peace. We have the message. that can help them, the message of peace. And we've got to figure out How do we bring this message of peace to other people? How do we speak it? How do we tell it? How do we spread it? Well, we're going to look at a text in in Luke today where Jesus sends out a group of disciples, not just the 12, but there will be 72 of them, uh, to take this peace to villages where he himself would be going. And he gives them some instructions, tells them about how to do it. And we can learn from what he tells these men about going about bringing that peace to these nations. Uh, <clears throat> to answer that question, and how to bring peace to people. Well, we start with Luke 10. And after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. That doesn't sound like a very encouraging message, does it? Sounds kind of scary. Like as if Jesus is trying to scare them as he, as he sends them out. They're not supposed to take anything to support themselves. In fact, we learned from other places, not even take something to do, to defend themselves. And he says, you're going like wolves among, uh, like lambs among wolves. Is that scary? That's pretty scary, isn't it? <laughs> uh, sounds dangerous. It is. And then he says, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house, and if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move from house to house. So then he tells them, don't take any provisions with you. Yeah, there's no McDonald's on the way either. Don't take anything along Depend on uh, you know, the people the people will, will give to you. Uh, <clears throat> eat whatever is put in front of you. Now, what is Jesus trying to tell these people? He's not trying to scare them. He's trying to get them to put their trust in him. Now, these disciples had witnessed Jesus' teaching and his some of his miracles. They knew what he was capable of. They had good reason to put their trust in him. He would protect them. Protect them from assaults and dangers. Provide for them when they they needed it. And what is he telling us then? He's telling us, Jesus invites you to trust him to take care of you. It would seem from the reports that when they came back, that they did just that. They confidently went forth to the towns assigned to them. They did not turn aside, not even have conversations. You know, he says, don't talk to anyone on the way. What's that all about? Well, perhaps you know some people. They, they go to the store for a gallon of milk and it takes two hours because they talked to everybody on the way. That's what Jesus was trying to avoid here. Just go to where, you, where you're headed, where you're assigned, enter the town, perhaps going to the town square the, or the marketplace, starting to talk to people until you get an invitation go into that home. Uh, and then when you get there, you announce, peace on this house. Now, that peace is not just a casual greeting. This is that heavier word, shalom, which really extends God's peace to the people of that house. Uh, This was really passing on the peace that these disciples themselves had and felt to the people of that house. And they would do this without knowing how it would be received. It could be rejected. There were some villages that would reject it. All the people there would reject it. But then it would come and rest in one house that would receive this peace and want to hear more about it. Now, it got to this point because these disciples trusted Jesus to take care of them to actually get in the house and actually speak these words not knowing how they would be received perhaps it was part of the training that he sent them out without anything which is kind of scary at first but then they reflected on what Jesus had done for them and the miracles oh yeah we can do this and as they went along they got more confident, so by the time they got to the house, they could say with confidence, not knowing how to receive, peace to this house. So what does that mean for us? You know, if we're going to take peace to other people, have that peace in your heart by learning to trust the Lord. That's the first step. starts with having peace in your heart. And that confidence comes from hearing about God's peace, the peace he's given you, the peace he has given you because of the forgiveness of sins, that confidence that he will take care of you. Now, one of the places we do that is right here in, this, in our services every Sunday. You come here and you, you confess your sins, and then you hear from God's uh, called servant, your sins are forgiven. God has forgiven you. That starts out by giving it peace, doesn't it? Lifts that load of the burden of sin that you came here with. Then throughout the service, including in the sermon, but in the readings and the liturgy, we hear more about aspects of this peace and the way God has blessed you and given you many things. And then finally concluding with the benediction. It's interesting, you know, the benediction, the last word. And give you peace. That's all designed to strengthen your faith, prepare you to be able to take that peace to other people. And with that peace and confidence, then you can go on to take that message of peace to other people. And We go on reading. When you enter a town and are welcome to eat what is offered to you, Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near you. I tell you it would be better, more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. It's interesting to note, isn't it, that both to people who receive the message of peace and to those who reject that message of peace, they're to tell the same thing to the people that are listening. The kingdom of God has come near you. Now, this, king, this, uh, this statement, which is like, you know, here comes God's rule, his armies. Can be comforting, should be comforting, but it also can be scary for some people. Of course, our you know the kingdom of God is not like some invading army like the Russians in Ukraine or Alexander the Great of old. Uh, Perhaps it'd be more like the Allied armies of World War II invading Europe. Now, to most of the people in Europe, These invading armies were welcomed weren't they? Welcomed because they brought relief and freedom from a terrible uh, dictator. Now of course to the Germans these were fearsome destroyers. And God's kingdom is somewhat like that. Uh, This is the kind of message we can take to people. God's rule is coming, and it's going to displace his enemies. Um, so we have the privilege of announcing the nearness of God's kingdom. Now God's kingdom, of course, is not a place like most kingdoms on this earth, but it does involve God's rule, his, uh, his ruling activity. And when God's rule comes, it displaces the rule of others, the rule of those who would harm us, like the devil, of sin, death. Those have all been defeated when God's rule comes in. Sin has been removed. The onerous burden of guilt, the punishment that we face, eternal punishment that we face from our Heavenly Father, It's been removed. The the control sin has over us, it's it's defeated. Not perfectly in this world, but it has been defeated. Uh, The devil, he's been conquered too. The way he could control us, that grip has been broken. And the sting of death has been removed. Yeah, death, or at least temporal death, is, is still there. But now it becomes a gate into heaven. Uh, those things have all been taken, taken place because God's rule comes and displaces the rule of those <coughs> that have been opposing us. And to those who believe this message, God's rule comes into their hearts. It comes and takes over. And and gives the feeling of peace and tranquility and confidence, guilt of sin, power of the devil, the sting of death, all been removed. This brings true peace. This is what the disciples brought to the people in the towns they were sent to. What is there for us then? Well, you can announce God's kingdom that is displacing the rule of sin, death, and the devil. Now, maybe you won't say things like, the kingdom of God is near, but you can talk about it. You can talk about how sin, how God's rule lifts, conquers, removes the burden of guilt from sin that so many people feel. The... The God has declared his peace. And that peace can be reflected to others. Yeah, you can announce that message of peace, that message of God's kingdom coming near to other people. And that should cause you to rejoice. But what do we rejoice in? Well, we look at the results of these disciples going out The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. When the disciples came back, they were excited. They were excited, first of all and foremost, because they said, demons submitted to us. Now, here in our world in America, uh, the devil plays more of a hiding game He has more power that way. Here, you don't see this devil possession like, it obviously was in Jesus' day. The devil was probably, you know, playing overtime then. Or in other parts of the world today where there are toe-curdling stories of demon possession. And if some of these things were taking place in Jesus' day, to have those demons taken away, exorcised, oh, That was exciting. I'm sure they were excited about the other miracles that they were able to perform through Jesus and the people that that believed their message. But this demon possession, this exercising demons, that's what made them most excited. Uh, How did Jesus respond? He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy Nothing will harm you. Indeed, Jesus says this is exciting. Every time they exercised a demon, the devil fell. And then, uh, but even more importantly, every time someone came to believe the gospel, that message of peace that they brought, and they put their faith in God, the devil lost control of another person and he fell. And this was happening in over 35 villages. 36 villages throughout uh, Galilee, wherever they were going. This was exciting stuff. The devil fell like lightning. But what does he go on to say? However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is what should cause them the most joy. Most get them most excited. Uh, it's It's nothing new. I mean, these were believing men who were taking this message out. They already had their names written in heaven, but it is good to review that, to remember that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Any time of life, any changes, whatever, think, my name is written in heaven. He says, this is the most important thing to think about. Now, what effect does that have? Rejoice that your name is written in heaven to help others rejoice. You know, when you rejoice, when you're happy, visibly glad that, you know, your name is written in heaven, that you are a saved child of God, this will have its effect on other people around you. The people you're trying to bring the gospel to. Now, maybe you can even say things like, yeah, my name is written in heaven. I am God's child. You know, this is, it can have an effect on people. This is a kind of witnessing that's not threatening because you're telling something happens to you, but it can have an effect on them. But it can also be, you know, that simply your demeanor in life is different because you have this confidence and this joy, this rejoicing that your name is written in heaven. And then that may give you an opportunity to speak of the peace that you have, that you can give to them, that will help them. Now, we started off talking about peace in this, bringing peace in this world. And I was thinking, you know, most of the time we don't have much to offer. Can we bring peace in this world? And as I got to think, I realized many of you are really involved. And bringing peace in this world, have you know our United States having a strong, well-equipped, well-trained military force that is really helpful in this world, and protecting our own country. Our country never has never been invaded, and <clears throat> part of that is because we have a small uh, military that many of you are either in or maybe supporting a spouse or a parent or whatever in that military. Yeah, it's important work. But, even more important, is the peace that we have in God. A peace that we are able to bring to other people by learning to trust in God, by announcing that God's kingdom is near, and by rejoicing that our names are written in heaven. Let us rejoice in and bring God's peace to others. Amen.